tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high-quality and tourytainment for you. Hey, everybody. The European 2023 tour is just around the corner, and we want to talk about it. Tori's added some exciting new cities to the mix, and just for fun, she's gone and shuffled the order of the old cities. So now, we gotta rethink, regroup, and yes, re-record. Welcome back to the 2023 season of Tour All Night. From ocean to ocean, to ocean to ocean too, we're your guide for everything tour. Okay, cool. I have notes and everything. Okay, oh, <laughs> I couldn't be more thrilled to announce a new dawn of a new day here at Tour All Night. This is our first episode back. We're prepping for all of the UK and Ireland tour by talking to people who live in the cities that we are traveling to. And the first on our docket is Barry Milne from my favorite city in the whole wide world, Edinburgh. Hi, Barry. Hello. Can we start by geeking out that she is starting a tour in Edinburgh? Is it starting here? Yeah. I didn't realize. That's the first oh, wow. show. Yes. That's awesome. It's amazing. And it's also, it's a really tiny venue. Uh, the Queen's Hall? Yes. Oh my God. Is it a castle? I assume everywhere in Edinburgh is a castle. No, I think it's an old church, though, which is quite fitting. Is it a church in a castle? No, unfortunately, no, it's not. But there is a church in Edinburgh Castle. Oh, good. Let's not end up at the wrong place. Yeah. Um, I've spent more time in Edinburgh than in any other city that's not like somewhere that I've lived because I've done the Fringe Festival two years, two different years. So I've spent two whole Augusts there. And you're from nearby Edinburgh, right? Where are you from exactly? I stay in a really small town just outside Edinburgh called Dalkeith. Um, but before moving here, I did I did live in Edinburgh for nearly 20 years. Oh, wow. Tell me everything wonderful about Edinburgh, including the festival and how you feel about the International Fringe Festival. I really hate the festival. Ah! <laughs> Um, I think it is amazing in the fact that there are so many performers that come from all over the world and it's really great for Edinburgh. Edinburgh is a really beautiful city to be in any time of the year, but um, it gets so busy during the festival. And if you work in the city or if you have to travel from the city to your work, it can be very frustrating. Be. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, festival is fun. Everything changes during the festival. Pub and nightclub hours get longer, so you can stay out even later at the weekend. But um, yeah, I'm not a big festival fan. Although I have seen some really cool stuff. Really? Anything that I've directed? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, actually. Doubtful. Two shows <laughs> in thousands. Okay. Well, I'll keep my eyes open for next time you're here. I would. Yeah, I'm definitely going back. I would love to spend another August there, but I'll be try to be respectful. I'll try not to take up too much room on the trolley you better not i'm shaking my fist <laughs> here at the phone okay good so barry now tell us your tory story tell us how you discovered tory amos how long you've been a fan your signature song tell us everything okay so i've been a fan for 30 years i was 11 or 12 and i first saw this silent all these years video on morning television and i just remember seeing this really stark white video and a lady with like bright orange hair 
skipping about on the screen and I was like who is this and I really just started getting into music then as well so to see this person on the telly and just be like wow and then a couple of weeks or maybe even like a month later I saw the video for Crucify on the same program it was like a new music Friday section or something like that And I remember watching this video for Crucify and being like, wow, this is like the complete opposite, but she still sounds amazing. And I was like totally in love from then. And I remember telling my mum as well, but my mum wasn't really interested at all. I was just like, I remember seeing this crazy lady with crazy orange hair dancing about on the telly. And she was just like, sure, okay. Um, I didn't get that album though when it first came out because obviously being 11 or 12 if I'm going to ask my parents for an album I'm pretty sure they're not going to buy me something with like really phallic mushrooms on the back cover especially if they have any fear at all that you're gay take it from me I know they said they didn't know but I mean hello have you heard me (laughs) so I didn't really hear anything else about her obviously as well like I grew up in the highlands of Scotland and there was no like record shops or anything like that so I didn't really hear anything else until Cornflake Girl or Pretty Good Year came out and I saw it again I'm like oh my god it's her the first album that I got was Under the Pink and that was on cassette and I listened to it every night before I went to sleep for a good two years and the cassette was so warped um it was warbling every time I played it it was completely all the the lettering had rubbed off the cassette by the time I stopped using it and I used to bang on as well to all my friends about Tori Amos and they would just be like Barry shut up Like, they were sick of hearing about her. You need better friends. I know, I did. Thankfully got rid of them. And then eventually I bought Little Earthquakes for my 14th, I think it was like my 14th birthday on CD. And I actually got that CD booklet signed a couple of years ago. And I was just so excited. But yeah, I think the only album I didn't actually buy straight away was Boys for Pele, mainly because when it first came out, it was pretty expensive and my mum and dad weren't really willing to buy it for me. And I remember when I first, when I eventually bought it, I remember listening back to it going, I do not understand this album at all. And it's really one of my favourite albums now. Yeah, the, um, the album's like, oh, but one day you will. Yeah, definitely. It, sort of, it draws you in really slowly. And then when it gets you, that's it. True. And the other album that I didn't buy straight away either was Abnormally Attracted to Sin because I kind of fell out of love with her for a little bit because I was constantly listening to her. But now I actually do like to go back to that album and listen to it. So I think that's a completely underrated album. Abnormally Attracted to Sin, I love it. And they didn't really push it either. I know. But me being a total slag for Tori Amos, I actually ended up buying the Lomo camera. Oh, you did? with the, to, yeah. From Russia with Love? Yeah, but just so I could get the signed CD because it was actually signed by her. And to me, having something that she had actually touched blew my mind. Wow. Do you still have the camera? I do, yeah. I've still got the box kicking about somewhere as well. Now, how many times have you seen her and when was the first? Um, I've seen her five times only, but the first time I saw her was for Scarlet's Walk. And it was in, they call it the Armadillo in Glasgow and it's this really cool building and I just remember it being so busy I was so nervous like I was almost throwing up I was so nervous did you talk to her no no oh, you were just like, nervous I, to be there yeah and I didn't know that she did meet and greets or anything like that and then I remember seeing Joel the bodyguard and just being totally starstruck because Joel was there and the only reason that I knew f- about him was because of the dent 
Do you remember the dent? Oh, do I remember? <laughs> so that was like really my insight into her as well, because I used to go on the dent all the time and when I was supposed to be working. What was your favorite moment of the show? Just being there. I remember um, she started off the show with Wampum Prayer and just hearing like her singing live. I was like, wow. And I, like, I still don't remember the set list for most of the shows that I've been to because I just like I'm a bit weird when I go to a gig I just tend to stand there and stare and it can be like a gig where everyone's going mad and dancing and I just stand there and stare because I just get so overwhelmed by it but um yeah I tend to not remember but I remember she covered um she did famous blue raincoat which is like one of my favorite covers that she does I think it's so beautiful I do remember that. And then there was like, because everybody was sat down as well, towards the end, somebody got up and walked down to the front of the auditorium with a letter and just placed it on the stage. And all of a sudden, all these people started getting up. And I think it was like, it was so lovely to see just all these people just get up and walk down towards the bottom. It was really cool. I was very much just there to soak in the atmosphere and just go to my first Toremos concert um, I hadn't been to many concerts by that point I think I was only like 21 or 22 when I went you know being a shy boy from the country and all that but yeah and then I saw her in 2005 for the beekeeper tour and she did two of the most amazing covers I think I've ever heard her do and I've never found them online okay which ones she did nothing ever happens by Delamitri which was great. Mm-hmm. And she and dared- turned by Travis. Turned by Travis. Yeah, I was yeah. there in Glasgow 2005. Oh my God, how good was it? It was amazing. And you're right, I've never found that Turn by Travis cover. It was so good. It yes. was so good. I don't know what it was. It was just like she was wailing down the microphone this song and I was like, this is incredible. But those are the two covers that I've heard her perform live that I've just been like, wow. Wasn't Ash Sohn in Delamitri, the drummer that she works with now? Oh, maybe. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. We would love to have that if anyone bootlegged that in the world. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I took a couple of friends with me um, then and near the end of the gig as well, like a whole load of people went down to the front of the auditorium and my friend that was sat beside me was like, I might never get the opportunity again. So we were sat up on the balcony and she went running down and spent the last sort of 15, 20 minutes at the front and she was just absolutely ecstatic. I love it. I love that frenzy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Have you ever met her? Have you ever talked to her? Yes. Tell me everything. Yeah. So I went to see her for the Geraldines. But weirdly, she only performed one song off the album, which was Selkie. But that was the first time I met her. And I remember just standing in the queue. It was like quite a warm day. And everybody that was going up, she kind of recognized a lot of people and she was giving them all hugs and everything. And there was a lady that was there was like that had said, you can only get a photo or you can only get a signature. You can't have both. I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, so I ended up getting my Little Earthquakes booklet signed. But before I went up, she looked absolutely like her and her, I think like her PA or like someone who was with her looked absolutely terrified. And I was just stood there by myself, like five foot five little bearded weirdo and everyone else was getting like hug and I walked up and she was just like hey how are you and I was like oh my god I'm so nervous I've been a fan since I was 12 and she was like you don't look old enough and it was just it was like a really sweet conversation but it was over so quick and then when I was leaving I was like okay bye and I was like oh my god am I gonna get a hug and she just put her hand out and shook my hand and I just sort of walked away that was just so strange oh no (laughs) I know 
but I requested because she was asking everyone if they had any requests and I didn't have any covers that I wanted but I asked her to play Mother and she did play it but I think it was already we'd have been on the set list because she plays that one quite a bit I think. I don't think she plays it that often. Did she not play that one quite often on that tour? That was the first time on that tour. Are you talking Glasgow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first time that tour. So you give yourself the credit that you deserve. Okay. Well, I requested it and she played it. Yes, so. you evoked it from that moment. So you've seen her five times. This will be your sixth. Are you only doing Edinburgh this tour? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's closer, obviously, than Glasgow. Yeah, definitely. And because it is in such a smaller venue than usual. But um, also because things in the UK are quite expensive just now. And like concert tickets, etc have gone up quite a bit but also things like travel travel can be quite expensive now and because like I work full-time it's kind of difficult to get that time off work to be able to follow someone around and it's quite a financial commitment but I remember I think I'd gone to see Welcome to Florida in the cinema and it was all those people saying oh yeah this is like my 300th concert and they're like oh yeah I've just been following this tour and I was like I would love to be able to do that. It's a lot easier in the, in the United States. And I know those people. Those people are my friends. And it is a lot easier because you split gas. You, all, you pile five people in a car. And then suddenly, like, a $40 tank of gas becomes, like, $8 each. That was in the day. Welcome to Sunny Florida was in the day when we were cramming people in hotel rooms. It would be, like, six people sneaking into a hotel room. Everybody, It was very <laughs> cheap. That's how we did it. Well, that's definitely the way forward, isn't it? Yeah. 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 We don't tour like that anymore. It's a lot more expensive now. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to hear, and I'm so excited to talk to you. This is perhaps the most shocking to me. This is the most shocking tour date that she's A, that she's even going to Edinburgh, but B, that she's starting there. Tell us three wonderful things about Edinburgh. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful city. There's loads of greenery. There's a mix of like history Like you have like modern buildings right next to like really beautiful historic buildings. I tend to think that the people are quite nice. I think Glasgow people are friendlier, but Edinburgh people are still nice too. I don't know what else really. Yeah, I just think the beauty of the city as well. It's quite a small city for being the capital city, but it's easy to get around as well. Yeah, it's very walkable. Yeah, exactly. It's very walkable. And there's just loads of things to see, things to do. Yeah. I'm looking at Queen's Hall. It looks very small. What part of the city is Queen's Hall in? Um, I would say it's more on the south of the city. Um, There's an area called the Bridges, and it's like one of the main sort of busy routes through the city. And Queen's Hall is right on that road that cuts down to the south of the city. How close to CC Blooms? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it's maybe a 20-minute walk. Okay, good. CC Blooms is the gayest gay bar in all the land, and we have to go. But it depends, because when was the last time you were there? Oh, 2015. That was the last time I was there. What happened? Don't break my heart. I don't know if it was bought over before 2015 or after, but it's definitely had a glow up. Oh, it's had a glow up? Up? It's very modern inside. It's not all fingerprint mirrors and smoke machines anymore. It's actually really lovely inside. Oh, it is? Okay, good. And if you're staying, if you stay over, because obviously the concert is on a Saturday night. So if you're staying over on the Sunday, there's a really fun night on the Sunday. 
called the Church of High Kicks. The Church of High Kicks? Yeah, on a Sunday night. And the guy that runs it is a DJ called John Please Women, who was really, really famous like in the early 90s. And he moved up to Edinburgh, sort of took a, a step back. And he's now really, they call him a dinosaur DJ, which I think is really rude. <laughs> um, but he's this really lovely guy, really fun. His nights are really good. But the Church of High Kicks, loads of drag performers, um, loads of fun little like shows and stuff like that. If you are going to Edinburgh and you are staying the night after or even getting there the night before, I recommend CC Blooms. It is just something that you have to see at least once in your life. You have to be there. The energy is so wild. That whole little block. So that's like the gay part of town. You mean the cruising area? The cruising area, which by no <laughs> fault of my own. When I first was in Edinburgh in 2011, I was a young naive and we had to rent a flat by that like corner market. So oh, yeah. it was the only place we could find a flat for like, we took 21 people that first time. So it was a house that like, we had like four people to a room. It was like a five bedroom house. So we had to pass through just to get to like our venue. And that's how we discovered Gay Hill. We discovered the cruising area. It was so innocent. You'd be shocked at how innocent it was. Sure. But yeah, it it, it was uh, eye-opening. I was a, yes, it was very eye-opening. <laughs> But yes, definitely make time to go to CC Blooms. Yeah, so that whole area is quite fun. It was called the Pink Triangle. I actually had it in my list of places to go for like bars and stuff like that. What Are there some other bars in that area that we should know about? Yes, there is a bar called The Street, which is kind of just across the road from Playhouse Theatre. So you'll know where that is. because yeah, you were... which is like one of the greatest theatres I've been to ever. Yeah, it's lovely inside. So the street, it almost looks like a glass box on the corner. And I'm biased because one of my really good friends owns it. Um, and I worked there as well a long time ago. It just It's a really nice bar. There's really cool art on the walls as you're going down the stairs. One of the owners, Wendy, is an art collector. So there's like Banksy's and stuff mm, on the wall. Wow. And then at the weekends, the downstairs area becomes a club and that stays open till three in the morning. And then you've got Planet a little bit further down from CC Blooms. And then right next to CC Blooms, you have Habana. Now, what's the weather going to be like at the end of March? I think March is going to be hit and miss. Like, it's weather just now in Scotland in particular is really weird. We're having an unseasonably warm winter. So we had a cold snap a few days ago. And then last night, it was really cold yesterday during the day. And then for some reason last night, it went up to 12 degrees Celsius. So it's hard to kind of predict because we're expecting a cold winter. But it will most likely be wet and slightly colder than usual, I reckon. I'm looking at the weather predictions for March 25th and 26th. It's saying in Fahrenheit, this is Fahrenheit, it's saying that it's going to rain on the 26th with a high of 54 Fahrenheit, a low at night of 43 and it should be sunny on the 25th and partially cloudy on the 27th. So this, the Friday and the Sunday seem to be fine, par partially cloudy. But it's definitely, it's saying, going to rain on that Saturday. Of course, of course it is. Yeah, definitely bring an umbrella or a waterproof jacket or at least a showerproof jacket. Mm -hmm. and, and, and shoes. If you're just walking around the city, it's not too bad. You can get away with wearing like trainers, sneakers. But if you are planning on maybe going for a walk up, Arthur's seat or anything like that, then yeah, I would definitely get a sturdy boot, <laughs> not a stiletto. 
Yo, a sturdy boot. <laughs> a sturdy boot and a fashionable boot. Yes. Okay, we'll be wet and we'll be looking to duck into a place to eat a good Scottish meal. Where should we go? I have a couple of suggestions. Okay, great. Food-wise, um, it depends kind of obviously what you're looking for and what the time of the day is. A lot of the cafes tend to close early evening so there's definitely like a shift in the service that you would normally get sort of between afternoon, early evening and then nighttime. So cafe bars are pretty good. There's a really nice cafe around the corner from Queen's Hall called Lady and the Bear. And they do really lovely food. It's a little bit pricier than usual, but it's absolutely worth it. And you get really good helpings as well. What should we order at Lady and the Bear? Um, if you go in the morning or early afternoon, I would definitely recommend the oven omelette. Mm, it looks really good. I'm looking at their website, ladyinthebear.co.uk. Yeah, really beautiful, bright cafe. And the, and the folk that run it as well are really lovely. There is a bar just around the corner from there as well. So it's just along the road from the Queen's Hall called the Southern Bar. Um, they do really good food as well. And they have a really wide selection of like beers which are quite good okay great southern bar and then also another place that does like good food and drinks is the city cafe so that's a little bit further away from queen's hall i think it's just off tron square just off the bridges but they do really good food and they also have a good selection of drinks as well and it's just a really cool american diner looking place I'm looking at the Southern Bar. It's a beer bar, right? It's saying uh, craft beers, classic cocktails, and a wood-fired grill. It looks really lovely. Yeah. And the staff that work there are really nice, too. Now, talk to us about coffee. Now, we're going to be cold needing some coffee. Do you drink coffee? I do like a decaf coffee. I can't handle caffeine. But, like, there is hundreds of really little independent coffee shops in Edinburgh. So you can find coffee pretty much on any street. But Lady and the Bear do good coffee as well. There is a place called Black Medicine that has been in Edinburgh for years. Um, that is a little bit, it's on the bridges as well. So it's near the venue. They do like amazing coffee at Black Medicine. And there is also a place called Love Crumbs, which is in an area that is known as the Pubic Triangle because it's near all the stripper bars in Edinburgh. But Love Crumbs do amazing cakes. They bake them all in their own bakery and they have really lovely coffee there as well. And the staff are brilliant too. I loved going for little pasty pies. I loved like every morning it was because, you know, when you're doing the festival, you're like on a really tight budget. And so every yeah. day you'd spend like two or three dollars for breakfast and it would fill you up. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to as well. Would you recommend any pie shops? There is a pie shop called The Pie Shop. Oh, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so again, yeah, that's on the bridges near the venue. Yep. Um, there is a shop in the UK called Greg's. And you can basically get anything like pasties, steak bakes, cheese and onion bakes, sausage rolls. Oh, the sausage rolls. I loved them. Yeah. And the vegan sausage rolls are really good as well. I'm not even vegan. I'm more vegan now than I ever was before. I try to eat vegan most days of the week and I will try a vegan sausage roll. I can't wait. And they do vegan steak bakes as well sometimes if they have them, but they're really good too. 
most places as well that you go to now for food, there's some usually really good vegan options. There's actually, there is an amazing vegan Italian restaurant in the north end of the city or like north of Princess Street. It's like a pizza place and you would never think that it would be vegan, but they actually ask you when you go in, do you want the vegetarian option or the vegan option? And the food is amazing. It's an Italian family that own it and they do everything while you're waiting. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll find out for you and I'll message you and you can maybe put it in the description or something. I definitely will. The show notes, songsoftorimus.com. I'll find that place because my goal is to do the entire tour dairy-free. Oh, wow. Okay, that's going to be difficult. (laughs) Especially with spending so much time in France. Oh, yeah. That will be difficult. Now, I know, and probably what I'm about to say is triggering, but I know that when I've been to Edinburgh, it's been a 24-hour town, basically, which is probably why you hate the festival, (laughs) because it becomes a 24-hour town. But what is it going to be like in March? What time generally does Edinburgh shut down? Is there going to be anything to do after the show, or is it time to go to bed? Um, There'll be plenty of bars open, and because it's on a Saturday as well, it's even better, because town will be a bit busier. Um, There is actually a really great bar near the venue called the Doghouse. Um, it's this weird little bar. It's decorated crazy. Like you have to see it to believe it. Again, the staff are lovely. It's like one of my favourite bars in Edinburgh. And they can be quite busy on a Saturday night, but it's a really good vibe. It's very queer friendly. Like you can go in on a Saturday night and there might be someone sat there with their dog. It's just such a cool bar. They do really good cocktails as well. And they do really nice food as well during the day. I'm looking at all these things hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, it looks like a drag queen's house. It really does. It looks fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And that's right by the venue? It's kind of across the road. The dog house. I just just love going in and like you can go in by yourself on a Saturday afternoon and sit there and someone will sit on the table next to you and they'll start chatting. But it's not like one of those awkward chats or like you don't feel like you have to chat to someone. Uh It's just a really cool, relaxed atmosphere and everyone in there that I've ever met has been really really lovely if i wanted to do some record store shopping i need to know this because i've become obsessed with finding musicians and bands local musicians and bands that i might not know about tell me everything who should i know um there is a guy who has recently started really taking off called hamish hawk He's absolutely fantastic. He used to actually work in one of the little record shops in Edinburgh. That's how I got to know him. And then I actually got to see him perform just in the summer there. And he's just so good live. Spent the last years asleep A tongue called misery No one seems to live here Set me obviously Impatience on all the parts of me that snarl and smoke easily find work on mean streets. If you check out YouTube, he's got some really cool music videos as well that have come out recently. Oh, great. And he'll have a new album out February the 3rd, 2023 called Angel Numbers. Yes. Great. Is there like a really good record shop that we have to try? Yes. So there is a record shop called Asai, A-S-S-A-I. They've got a record shop near the Usher Hall and they've got one in Dundee as well. I think they've got their own label. 
And there's another guy who just opened his shop called Thorn Records, T-H-O-R-N-E. You can't buy on his website, but you can go into the shop. And the guy that owns the place, Mark, is really funny. He used to work in Asai, but opened his own shop. So I tend to go to both of them. And then if you're into like secondhand vinyl, there's a place called Vinyl Villains. And that is near the Pink Triangle, just at the top of Leith Walk. I don't know if it's still open, but if they are, their secondhand vinyl is really good. Oh, I can't wait. Shock of my life. I've decided to spend less time drinking on this tour and more time vinyl shopping. I'm putting the money to good use. Well, yeah, if you're not drinking, you may as well buy vinyl. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to be lugging around pounds and pounds of vinyl. (laughs) I'm going to have to do like shipping trips every like three days. I need to buy Tori Amos vinyl. Of course. Well, that goes without saying. Come on. True. Okay. Now, do you know anything about current COVID restrictions? I know it's hard to predict, but... It seems like everything's lifted, that there's nothing that we need to worry about. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're going into a venue and you want to wear a mask, nobody really questions it. But there are no restrictions. And I honestly don't think they would bring in really strict restrictions again. I can't see it happening. Anything else you want to tell us about Edinburgh? And how likely are we to get you to go to the other shows? Um, It depends if there's tickets for the other shows, because the Edinburgh one sold out so fast. Yeah, I was just looking right now. There's currently no tickets available, not on Ticketmaster, not on StubHub. I can't find a single Edinburgh ticket, and I didn't get one. So I might not be going to Edinburgh. This all might be for naught. I don't have a ticket yet. There's actually a ticket app in the UK called Twickets. Twickets. Yeah, T-W-I-C-K-E-T-S. And you can put in like a venue or an artist or an area that you're going to be. Uh And tickets do not sell more than face value on this app. Okay, Twickets. We got to know about Twickets. So have a look on there um, when you get over. And I'll definitely keep my ear to the ground for you as well to see if there's any tickets coming up. I see right now on Twickets, we've got Tory for Liverpool, Cambridge, and London. No Edinburgh right now. But I keep my, you know, I have ticket alerts. Sometimes, occasionally, they'll release a row that they held will get released randomly. Like six tickets will pop up in like the eighth row a month after the sale. Like it, it can be very random sometimes. So I constantly check. I should have gotten them when they came out. That's my bad. That's my mistake. I'm genuinely surprised that they sold out so quickly because the last couple of times I've seen her in Glasgow, which was at the O2, in front of the stage was really, really busy. But I remember the first time I saw it at the O2 in Glasgow, there was rows on the balcony that were just completely empty. Tragedy. And it was supposed to have sold out. I wonder what happens in situations like that. Like you say, it might just be that they're keeping rows back just in case. And if there's not like a crazy demand for tickets and they just don't sell them by literally was sat on a row by myself that's terrible it was great i loved it i had nobody sat next to me <laughs> well yeah that, that's actually good <laughs> i was at the cork opera house last year sitting next to my friend awad and there was like seven or eight seats next to me on the right that were completely empty and it was like the sixth row and it was the smallest venue of the tour it was saint patrick's day that day though in particular uh, so that okay. might have had something to do with it i'm realizing possibly <laughs> yeah this has been a wonderful chat please follow bear you can follow Barry on Instagram and Twitter at RiotBug. If I do make it to Edinburgh, I hope to chat with you after the show. Definitely. Amazing. And maybe she'll add another maybe she'll add another Edinburgh show the day before. Who knows? Because it's you never so know. well. You never know. Follow Barry online at RiotBug on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much. And here is Mother from Glasgow 2014 for Barry. Thank you. Thank you. 
Tour All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoryamus.com.